right into this. Um, thank God for my beautiful wife, and uh, she's with the, she took the kids, the babies out, but um, such a blessing, and I uh, thank God for her so much, and many people don't realize how much work it is to do a ministry. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but when God has called you, he graces you for what he's called you to do. Amen? He graces you for what he's called you to do. So we're excited about that. But uh, I, I wanted to um, kind of take, we finished up a series called Counterculture, which was amazing. Uh, and this week, Ray and I were out of town traveling. And uh, I really began to think about uh, our life as believers. And if I want to title today's message, uh, The Journey. And the Journey. The journey because sometimes it feels like a journey <laughs> right in 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 Kel I got this this picture because sometimes my walk feels like that you know as <laughs> the, 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 come on am I by myself here the, 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 there are times right brother Barry just you feel like that you know I'm just you know and I'm not up there I'm not I'm like right here you know and I'm looking I'm like Man, I know God got some great things for me, but man, it looks mighty far up there, right? But it, it's all on purpose, right? And, and, and we got to trust God that he knows what he's doing, right? So I want to be able to encourage you uh, today on your journey, not to give up on your journey. Don't try to hitchhike with somebody else's progress on your journey. Y'all are quiet. All right. You, you, you got to have your own journey. Yes, right. You got to walk out your own walk. You got to build your own prayer life. Yeah. You got to learn to read the word on your own, right? So let's, today, I, I really want to talk about the journey. The journey. Because it is a journey. <laughs> the journey. And I want to use as a scripture uh, text uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 6, verse number 6 through 7. And I want to I want to teach you today. All right, I want to teach. I don't want to get excited. I want to teach. I want you to hear this. This is so important because this really coincides with the assignment of our church. And uh, hey, Rob, are you in the app? Can, can you like yeah? Okay. Oh, you doing it? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, the journey of our church and where God is taking us to and what He's calling us to do. Um, this is really important to to grasp a hold. So. Uh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, I want to use as a text. Uh, Therefore say to the Israelites, this is God talking to Moses, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. These are the four I wills, and I want you to write that down. The four I wills. And we're going to look at this, the four I wills. And I'm telling you, if you grab this today, it's going to do something. It's going to, it's going to encourage your journey, I'm, I'm telling you. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with outstretched and uh, with outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And so this is called the four I wills. And I want you to write that down. The four I wills. And today, the Jewish culture celebrates the four I wills at Passover, and they call them the four cups. And really, when you look at this, uh, you understand kind of where the story takes place. 
is that the people of Israel were in a place of bondage and God is in the process of using Moses, Sister Dana, to bring them out of captivity. So I want you to look at these four cups of Passover. The first cup is called the cup of salvation, right? That's when he says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. We're going to just briefly run by these cups and at a latter time, we're going to come by and really dig deep into these cups on another series. But number two, the cup of deliverance, I will free you from being a slave to them. Number three is the cup, what the Jewish people call the cup of redemption. And the cup of redemption is I will redeem you with outstretched arms. And then the cup of praise, I will take you as my own people. And many times we try to uh, bypass cups, but on Passover, they must drink each cup in order. Wow. Okay. They can't okay. drink them out of order. And when we look at what each cup means and how this is a part of our journey, you'll understand why they must be done in order. Many of us are not in their purpose because we're drinking the cups out of order. Mm. Wow. And you can't drink the cups out of order. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. So these cups, I want you to write this down, provided a way of tracking our progress and getting closer to God. This became a way of tracking our progress and getting closer to God. The four I wills provide a powerful way of tracking our progress and growing and getting closer to God. And how many people want to get closer to God? Amen. Come on. So the first step of their journey, right? So the, here it is. Uh, God speaks to them. They're in captivity. They have been in captivity for many, many, many years. The Bible says that there was a Pharaoh that came that did not know Joseph. The people of God went into captivity and where they live, a place they had lived in liberty, now they became slaves. And God speaks to them and he gives them these four I wills. And I'm telling you that as believers, as a church, if we connect to these four I wills, you will see your life radically change. The first one is a cup of salvation. I love this scripture in Exodus chapter 3 verse uh, 7 through 8. Because God was aware of the need for his people to be saved. Right? He says, then the Lord told them, I have seen the deep sorrows of my people. Where? In Egypt. Egypt is, write this down, Egypt is a type of what? The world. Any way you see Egypt in the Bible, it represents the worldly system, worldly thinking, worldly acting. Right? So Egypt always represented the world. He says, then the Lord told him, I have seen the deep sorrows of my people in the world and have heard their pleas for freedom. From their harsh taskmasters. Right. So here, here it is. Watch this. They're in people out there in the world today. And they are in what? Distress in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. They're in sorrows in yeah. Egypt. They need God to come in what? And free them from their taskmasters. And people have different taskmasters. Some of you had a taskmaster of lust. Some of you had a taskmaster of drug addiction. Whatever it was, Egypt always puts a taskmaster over you to keep you there. <laughs> Egypt always puts a taskmaster over you to keep you there. But thank God a Moses, which is Jesus Christ, showed up and freed you from your taskmaster. Come on, somebody. Right? Here it is. Watch this. I have come to deliver them from the Egyptians and to take them where? Out of Egypt. He says, I'm not. He said, watch this. My, my, my purpose of saving you is to take you out of Egypt. That there is hope. Into where? He's not taking you out of Egypt into something worse. Yes. 
Right? Here's the beautiful thing about salvation. Salvation is not you getting saved and having a worse life. It's you getting saved and having a good life. Come on, come on. Salvation is about you getting saved and having a good life. So this church is focused on making sure that we pull people out of Egypt, not to get them into a religion, not to get them into a church, but to get them into the good life. Because that's what God promised. They will have a good life. He said a, a, a large land, a land flowing with milk and what? Milk and honey. Christ came to rescue the lost at any cost. Look at this scripture in Luke Chapter 19 and 10. He says, for the Son of Man came to what? Seek and to save that which was lost. So if that was Jesus' assignment while he was on the earth, what is ours going to be? Amen. Come on, can I say that? If that was Jesus' assignment on the earth to seek and to save that was lost, watch this. And the religious people tried to get him caught up in religion. And he kept telling them, that's not why I'm here. They kept trying to get him caught up in doctrine. He kept saying, that's not why I'm here. Yeah. They kept trying to test him to see if he would follow this law and that law. He said, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to seek and save that which was lost. Yeah. Yeah. God loves you so much that he loves you as a child that he, what, he seeks after you. Yeah. Aren't you thankful that despite of where you was, he still sought after you? Yes. As messed up as some of us were, all of us were that were in yeah. sin were messed up. He still sought after us. Yeah. Why? Because that cup of salvation says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Watch this. You can't seek and save something that was lost until you at one time owned it. Amen. That's the truth. Come on, That is the truth. I'm not going to look for something you lost because it's not mine. Right? I may want to help you, but I'm not going to feel the burden of finding what you're looking for because I never owned it. But if you own something that's lost, you look more fervently. You look more harshly. You look, you tear up this room. If I lost my cell phone in this room, I'm able to hold everybody hostage until I find my phone. Right? Because it's everything to me. Jesus said, listen, God loved you so much for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, what? To seek and save that which was lost. You got to get this. It's about saving the lost. That's why we exist as a church. I told you back four years ago, we don't want to populate this church with believers. We want to populate it with unbelievers who become believers. We want to populate it with unbelievers who what? Become believers. We, how do we participate in this? I want you to write this down. We participate by telling people about Jesus. We participate by telling people about Jesus. If this was Jesus' assignment, it must become yours. Yes, yes. If this was Jesus' assignment, it must become yours. Amen. We went out to eat last Sunday. On our way, on my way into the restaurant, I saw a man named Rick. Not Pastor Rick, another Rick. And Rick was digging through the garbage. True story, digging through the garbage. And he went from one garbage to the next garbage. And I walked up to him. I said, I mean, are you looking for something to eat? He, looked, he had the dumb look on his face. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Like, doing my hands, my nails? You know, so I said, so he looked at me. I said, let's go get something to eat. And all the way to eat, Rick began to tell me his story. He began to tell me that, you know, he was in the military. He began to tell me he had a good job. He began to tell me how great his life was. But then he got addicted to drugs. And Rick ended up homeless. And he's living in a car. And he's living on the street. And, and, and we went and brought something to eat. And I began to tell him about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jesus came to seek and save that was lost. Yeah. Watch this. I didn't have a title saying I'm the pastor of Ruach City Church. Who cares? Right, right, right. Amen, amen. 
Who cares who you are when I need Jesus? Come on. Who cares what degree you have when I need Jesus? Who cares what fancy job you have when I need Jesus? Hallelujah. And guess what? Before I went in to eat, I made sure he ate and had prayer with him to lead him to Christ and tell him about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I have to be what Jesus was and seek and save that which was Amen. lost. Amen. Somebody say, seek and save that which was lost. Amen. The second thing he did was the cup of deliverance. I want you to look at this. Because they were rescued out of Egypt. But the system of Egypt still operated in them. Glad you're here, Kill. Somebody, somebody caught that. Right? Because, watch this. Here it is. You know the story. Moses comes. Moses gets them out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. And they kept complaining about how great Egypt was. And here it is. They were in slavery. And I'm going to show you. They were slaves in Egypt. But how many times we get saved or people get saved and they still have Egypt in them? Yeah. You're out of Egypt, but Egypt's not out of you. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Gosh. Look at this. John chapter 8, verse 32. This is good. It's going to bless you. He says, and you will know the truth, what? And the truth shall set you free. And they answered, and we are Abraham's offspring, descendants, and have never been in bondage to anybody. Here it is. They're in bondage. Don't even know they're in bondage. Wow. They're slaves. And don't even know they're slaves. But I want you to think about this. That they were in, uh, uh, in, in Exodus. But it talks about the people being in, in slavery. There were people that were actually. They had kids born in slavery. Right. Wow. They didn't know what it was like to live free. They had never had a free life. But some of us, we, we, we live life and people live life based upon how they saw another bound person live. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. We talked about last week the kingdom culture mm -hmm. and what the kingdom, how different the kingdom culture is from the world's culture. Yeah. Where it says to love those who despitefully use you. Right? That's how you live free. Not holding a grudge looking for an opportunity to get them back. They were born in slavery and they didn't know how to live outside of a slavery mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus says, hey, that mind that was in Christ, hey, let it also now be in you. Because that's a free mind. Look at this. He says that Jesus is talking to them. They're in bondage. He says, we've never been in bondage to anybody. What do you mean saying that you will be free? Jesus answered them, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you that whosoever commits and practice sin is a slave. Come on. Yes. Come on. Wow. So I says, once we get saved and we give our life to Christ, there must be a process of being delivered. You coming out of Egypt is the first step, but now as a pastor, I have to work to get Egypt out of you. Yes. Good. yes. That's good. Yes. That's good. Why? Because if you see something in the Word that says A and you'd rather do B, you're a slave. Y'all are quiet. You're quiet. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's, but it's the truth. Because many people in the church think they're free and they're slaves. How tough is it to be a slave when you think that you're free? Wow. Because you're living in the house. You're not on the field, but you're in the house, but wow. you're still a slave. Wow. Wow. Write this down. You cannot live in a new place with an old mindset. Yeah. You cannot live in a new place with an old mindset. 
God gave them laws and rules when they came out of Egypt because they didn't know how to live free. So he began to give them all these things to show them how to live free. But man could not keep it, so he sent his son Jesus. Romans chapter 6, we're almost there, verse 16 says, Do you not know that you continually surrender yourselves, and I love this, to anyone to do his will? You are the slave of him whom you obey. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. If you're obeying the word of God, then great. You're a slave to the kingdom of God. If you're not obeying the, the, the will of God and the word of God, then you're a slave to who you obey. He says, rather that be sin, which leads you to death, or rather it be obedience, which leads you to righteousness. Right doing and right standing with God. Right? So once you come out of Egypt, we have to get Egypt out of us. And there's some ways about me that still, that, that ain't kingdom, that's Egypt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Egypt is always trying to put its ways, its laws back in you. Yeah. Really, it's through media, whatever it is, always trying to shove it down your throat. But you have to be committed to getting Egypt out of you. Amen. The third thing I want you to write down is that there was a cup of redemption. The cup of redemption. And the cup of redemption... I want to read this uh, scripture real quick before we jump to redemption. It says, so they set over the Israelites taskmaster to afflict and oppress them with increased burdens. And the Israelites built Python and, and Ramses, a store cities of pharaohs. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded so that the Egyptians were vexed and alarmed because of the Israelites. Verse 13, and the Egyptians reduced the Israelites to what? Severe slavery severe slavery they made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar brick and all kinds of work in the field and all their service was with harshness and severity yeah. so that was the plan of the enemy for their life right yeah. to keep them in egypt but a slave while they were in egypt mm -hmm. but god had another plan for them right yeah right. look at this i want you to write this down god enables us to do what we're called to do God enables us to do what we're called to do. God enables us to do. So that redemption, the cup of redemption means that I am now, watch this, I can't walk in purpose until I deal with things of yesterday. Okay, okay. Right, so the cup of deliverance in, in, to the Hebrews was the cup that deals with things of my past. The people of Israel were out of Egypt, but they still had the ways of their past. They were live, trying to live into the new place that God called them with the same ways of the past. And how many times have we done that? Yes. Right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to move forward with God, but we're still trying to move forward with the old way of the yeah. past. Yeah. Yeah. And many of us don't do it on purpose. We need healing from our past. Yeah. We need to be delivered from our past. We need God to deal with some things. Whether it's rejection, whether it's loneliness. But until you deal with that, you can't walk your true redemptive purpose. Yeah. So we got to get that stuff dealt with. We got to get the word in you so that we can get that other stuff out. And, we, and some things, guess what? Even after you hear the word, you got to confront those things. Right. The word will make you confront. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very confrontational. Yeah. And if it hasn't been confrontational to you yet, you need to hear more of the word. Because yeah. yeah. it will get very confrontational. Yeah. 
I love the scripture, Psalms 139. It says, you know me inside out, talking about God. You know every bone in my body. Man, that's good stuff. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book. Here it goes. Watch this. You watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. Okay. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. Yes. Wow. So watch this. You always hear me say that God did not create you and then find a purpose for you. He had a purpose for you and that's why he created you. Yes. Right. Right. Can I say that again? He did not create you and then try to find a purpose for you. He had a purpose for you and then he created you. Man, what an awesome thing. What an amazing thing. God does not create scraps. God doesn't have any scraps, man. God, Everything God creates is good. It's good. It's wonderful. So if you're sitting here today and you're breathing, guess what? God has a purpose. Yes. 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 He's already seen what greatness you can be and what he has the perfect plan for the perfect you. The scripture proves it. Before you lived one day, he said, yeah, I want to do this with Alex. Yeah, I, oh, oh, yeah, this is great. Let me bring Alex into existence. Because yeah. 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 this is great stuff. I want Alex to experience this goodness. Yeah. Man, that's how much he loved us. The enemy does not want you to live that out. But Jesus came so that you can live that out. And you can become everything that God's called you to be. Somebody say, I'm excited about that. Y'all don't look excited. You look like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. I don't feel your excitement today. Thank you, Brother Ben. Somebody is excited. Hallelujah. Right, so first we have the cup of salvation. Which we have to deal with those things. We don't deal with that, we're in trouble. Then we have the cup of deliverance, which means that we're out of Egypt, but we need to get Egypt out of us. Amen, amen. Right? That's the process. Then we have the cup of redemption, which we looked at, where we're talking about bringing us into purpose, that God has a plan that he's already laid out for us. Then we look at the cup of praise, which is important, because the enemy will always hold your praise hostage if he can hold your purpose hostage. He will hold your praise hostage if you can hold your pray, your, your purpose hostage. The scripture says, I, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God he has good plans. Somebody say, God he has good plans for me. John 10 and 10 says what? The thief purpose, here it is. God has a purpose and the enemy has a purpose. The thief's purpose, you see that? I know you walk out of here thinking you're on your own. <laughs> I'm not doing God's purpose. I'm doing me. No, you're not doing you. You're either doing the thief's purpose or God's purpose. And the thief will dress it up like you're doing you, but you're not doing you. You're doing him. It says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus said, is to give you life in its Fullness. That's good. That's good. Fullness. And that's important, that word fullness, because when you look at the word hallelujah, and to the Hebrews, that's one of the highest praise. Hallelujah comes from the word halal, which means to exalt, to lift up fulfillment. Fulfillment. So until you come into real praise, there can be no fullness or fulfillment. Right? And that only comes once you come into purpose. Yeah. 
So that's why we're so passionate about making sure that you become everything that God's called you to be. Look at this last scripture we're going to pray. It says in verse uh, number 16 through 18 in Ephesians, I have never stopped thanking God for you. This is how I feel every day for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for you, RCC, constantly. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Come on. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you wisdom to see clearly and really understand who Christ is. I ask God every day, show them who Christ is. Show our city who Christ is. Show those who come every Sunday who Christ is. You wouldn't be worried and distracted if you knew who Christ is. You wouldn't be stressed out if you knew who Christ is. And all that he has what? Done for you. Verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can, watch this, see something of the future that he has called you to share. Amen. Amen. That's good. Man. That's why I can get excited when you come late, when you come early. I can be happy. When you're on your assignment, you're off your assignment. When you're not here, when you're here. Why? Because I've seen something of the future. That he's called us to be a part of. And I'm praying today that everyone in this room will begin to see with me. Come on. Will see with me what he has called us to take part of in the city of Philadelphia. Winning people to Christ. Getting them off of drugs. And letting them know that Jesus has done something amazing for them. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that God will allow you to see something of the future. That he has called, watch us, you. That's so good. Thank you, Lord. That's yes. so good. Amen. Yes. And when I see people just telling God no, I said they haven't seen what God has called them to do. They don't understand that he's called them to share in something great. So my energy is not that, oh, he's crazy. I'm not crazy. I, I've seen something. Man, come on. I, 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 Chris, I've seen I've seen something of the future that he's called RCC to be a part of. I, I, I've seen I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming through these doors saying, what must I do to be saved? I, I, I see everyone that's a part of RCC working in purpose and doing what God has called them to do. I don't care what your past was. I don't care how messed up it was. God has done something amazing and I want you to see the future. Asking you to see the future, yes. what He has called you to share. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Some of you are saying, Pastor, if you knew how my life was now, I'm not asking where you are now. Yeah. If I looked at now, I'd be crying too. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I'll be a little frustrated too right. if right. I kept looking at now. Yes. But when I walk in here, I don't look at now. I see Hallelujah. something in the future. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I need you to get happy. I see something in the future. That's my fuel. That's my energy. I see something in the future that he has called us to be a part of. And I'm so thankful. I told the team today when we were doing prayer. I said, what a blessing that God chose us to be a part of something that he's doing in the future. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We were sitting. I'm going to tell you this last story. You can hold your Bibles. We were sitting on the runway 
We were supposed to be back in Philly on five o'clock. We didn't get back to eight o'clock. And we were sitting at the, on, on the runway. And they said, well, because there's, we were in uh, Alabama and we were going, coming back home to Philly. And they said, well, the weather is bad in Philly. So you need to, we need to stay here uh, at the gate. We're at the gate. And so Ray and I, you know, it was just us. So we went and got some Chick-fil-A and got my laptop out, did some work, right? Watch this. The issue was not where I was, it was where I was going. That's it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Watch this. The weather wasn't clear where I was going. So things had to clear up first before I can take flight and get to my destination. So what did I do? I didn't get frustrated like some people did. And they tried to find another flight. You know how we get sometimes. I got to get out of here. I always tell them when I fly, I always say, listen, I would rather be on the ground and still than to rush something in a place that I can't control. So I didn't try to go back out the gate. I got comfortable where I was. Because I knew that there was somebody watching and will let me know when it was clear. Come on, come on. And sometimes we get so frustrated where we are. Instead of saying, you know what, God, you're in control. You are in the watchtower and you'll let me know when it's time to board the plane, to take off the plane, and to get what God has called me to be. I'm going to be patient. Man, I wish I had a church here today. I'm going to be patient until it's time. I'm going to keep setting up my lights until it's time. We're going to keep hanging a curtain until it's time. We're going to keep wearing our badges until it's time. We're going to keep putting up the signs until it's time. But when it is time. You can't check your bag in when it's time to board. You got to have your stuff checked in already. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all getting this here today? You got to have your bags already checked in. You got to be at the gate ready to roll. And guess what we're doing? We're at the gate. We're ready. But we're going to praise him while we're at the gate. We're going to thank him while we're at the gate. We're going to stay committed to what he called us to do, Sister B, while we're at the gate. Stop somebody high five and say, be good at the gate. Come on, be good at the gate. It's okay to be at the gate. God's working on you while you're at the gate. God's putting together while you're at the gate. He's clearing the weather while you're at the gate. He's making room for you while you're at the gate. Hey, while you're at the gate, you might as well praise him at the gate. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all got me happy. I said I was going to teach. But man, it's good to know that God's working on you while you're at the gate. And he didn't forget you, Sister Dana, while you're at the gate. Watchtowers watching. They're watching. They're waiting for the air to clear. But I know he hasn't forgotten me. I'm at the gate. And I'm going to keep a good spirit at the gate. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, that's a good place to praise him. That's a good place to praise him. Thank you, Lord. I know the plans, Sister Gail, that I have for you. 
I know the plans. I know you got plans, but I know the plans. And his plans are always better than my plans. And so our church sums up these four cups simply by helping people know God. Find freedom, that cup of deliverance. Discover purpose and make a difference. Watch this. Everything we do for the rest of this year and next year is going to be wrapped up in these four things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Period. That's it. We're going to help people know God. We're going to create an atmosphere where people can come in here. The unbelievers don't feel like they're being criticized right. or beat right. up. Right. They're going to know God. Right, yes. right, right, right. We're going to help people get delivered from their yesterday. Yes. Find yes. freedom. Yes. 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 That's why we're going to be doing the small groups. Hey. Right? Because freedom comes in community sometimes. Yes. Right? Community. Hey, I'm going through something. Says, watch this. When we're not in community, we keep the mask on in church. Right. How you doing? God bless. I'm doing great. Great. I'm doing great. God bless. God bless. I'm great. I'm great. God is good. God is faithful. You know, I mean, come on. You, you, you hurting. You messed up. You know, come on. You got issues going on. You almost gave up this week. You almost went Buddhist. I mean, you got a lot going on this week. Right? I mean, you, you, I mean, come on. Let's keep it real. I mean, you almost cut somebody out in the parkway. I mean, right, right. But, but, but if I have somebody, I can say, hey, you know, now, I, I need you to pray with me. I got right. some, I got some anger issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I need you to believe God with me. We're going to help me find some freedom. And that's done through community. Yeah. Then we're going to help you discover your purpose. Because once yeah. you find freedom, we're going to kick you in the purpose. Because yeah. yeah. there's no fulfillment like walking in your purpose. Nine. Nine. That's why the growth track is so critical. Because that's where we help you find purpose. Yes. That's where we discover what your gifting and your talent is. And until you do that, you can't make a difference. Yes. Right? You can't make a difference. We want RCC to be a life-giving church, a church that makes a difference. Makes a difference. We want to make a difference in the lives of each other, in the lives of our city. Yes. We yes. want to make how many people want to make a difference? Yes. We want to Hallelujah. make a difference. Yes. And we're going to get you connected to the dream team in order to make a difference. Yes. I want yes. you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet. I want you. Just for a moment as Rob comes and anointedly play for us. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob. And if you can just play reckless love for me, Rob. Yeah, Rob. I want you to have the opportunity, everyone that's here. Thank you, Lord. To understand that God has a plan for you. Yes, and I thank him. God loves you. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has a plan for you. He has an assignment for you. Yes. Hey. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Don't let the enemy distract you. No. Yes. Or tell you that you were born for no purpose and God has nothing for you and you're just an accident. You're just here. You're not an accident. Right. You're here just on time when he needed you to show. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I always tell you the story where my mother was had me at 16 years old, which means she was pregnant at 15. And she was on her way to the abortion clinic to get rid of me. And on her way, something stopped her. You know what stopped her? God had my life mapped out. Beforehand. Thank you, Lord. 
Man, the enemy fights so many unborn children yes. full of purpose. The enemy doesn't even want them to get out the womb. Abortion is not women's right. It's about the enemy destroying right. men and women of God right. before they get out the womb. Yeah. And it's Christians don't even, they can't even amen that. My Lord. Yeah. Amen. It's crazy. They can't even amen that. Wow. God has a plan. Yes. She was one decision away from me not standing in front of you My today. Lord. My Lord. Wow. My Lord. God has a plan for you. Thank you, Lord. He has Thank an assignment you, for you. Thank you. Lord. So yes, guess what? I am passionate. Thank you. I will be running. Yeah. I'm not going to walk and drag my feet when it yes. comes to my assignment. Thank you, Lord. And guess what? We want everybody in RCC to be running too. Yes. Because what? Guess what? As long as heaven and hell is a reality, we will always be going after the loss. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. As long as heaven and hell is yes. a reality, yes. we will always Go be going after the loss. Because that's what he called us to do. Yes. But I want you to just take a moment and I want you just to lift your hands and just begin to talk to the Lord. And man, I, I, I want you to really take the mask off and don't worry about what people may think or what people